Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 41 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as always, by Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how are you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very good, very good. Now, of course, we're going to dive straight into part one, as we usually do. We're going to start with the review part. As we said last week, there really wasn't too much to review at all. To be honest, it's only one fight. It took place in Russia on Monday. This was Monday, the 11th of July. Sergei Kovalev defending his WBA, IBF and WBO World Light Heavyweight titles. Isaac Chalemba in the other corner. Kovalev going into this fight with a record of 29 and 0 with the one draw. Isaac Chalemba 24 and 3 with two draws. Me and you, Ayaz, I know we did a little prediction on this. I know we both went with a knockout win. I think I went for round three. I think you went round five. Um, we, I think we overlooked the fact that Chilembra had never been stopped in his pro career. Um, and basically, he wasn't stopped on the night either. So he was down in round seven, Chilemba. But Kovalev, I don't know. Um, he just seemed like he didn't really seem himself. But then we know how, how awkward Chilemba is. He's very hard to hit clean. But the shots that did land on Chilemba, he took them pretty well, apart from that one in the seventh round where he really did get clocked with a big bang. But Kovalev didn't really impress me like he normally does. I know that you you probably share that opinion, Ayaz, but um, a lot of people saying that maybe he's got his eye on the walled fight and he kind of overlooked Chilemba. Um, of course, they selected this opponent to fight in Russia. It was a homecoming for, for Kovalev. He hadn't fought in Russia for five years, so I thought they would have chose someone that they were going to be able to get a spectacular knockout win over just purely to put on a bit of a show for the Russian fans, but it didn't turn out that way. Also, I've heard that Kovalev was a little bit ill in the build-up to the fight during training camp. Ayaz, firstly, what do you think about the performance from Kovalev there on Monday night? Uh, to be honest, I wasn't really impressed by Kovalev with his performance. Obviously, he knocked, uh, knocked Chalebman down in the uh, seventh round with that, right, with that beautiful right hand. But the thing is, to, um, in my opinion, I, I reckon, um, obviously, there was one reason that he was ill. The second reason they were saying that apparently he was hunting when Nikola Valuev in Russia, and obviously he was he thought yeah this is gonna be like a walk in the park yeah or knock Chilemba out and then get ready for the big fight in in November which is for against Wood. Now obviously he didn't perform at that standard, and now many at, before the fight a lot of people were going for Kovalev was a big favorite to go into the fight against Wood. Now after this performance, a Wood's like a more for favorite now. Yeah, I think um not so sure that he was a big favourite over Ward. I think it was pretty much even, but yeah, you know, Andre Ward and a lot of Andre Ward's fans will be licking their lips over that. So um yeah, it wasn't overly impressive from Kovalev. But nonetheless, he marches on to his thirtieth career win professionally. He's also got that one draw and he of course defends his WBA, IBF and WBO world light heavyweight titles. But that's it for the reviewing part. It's gotta be the the shortest one we've ever done, I believe. So, Ayaz, I'm going to ask you now to bring us in the weekly news just before we get on to the most craziest names of this week. Gennady Golovkin will be fighting Kelbrook on September 10th. Oh, Jesus. I know that this one's over in the O2 Arena. No one saw this coming, Ayaz. A lot of people, um, you know, I mean, on WhatsApp, I'm actually in like a bit of a boxing debate group. We're all kind of talking about this fight. It's about 15, 16 of us in there. We're all debating about it. And I tell you what, a lot of people are kind of shocked how this fight just came up. But I'm reminding people that, do you remember before there was apparently, according to Eddie Hearn, there was a few phone calls between um, Eddie Hearn and Tom Loeffler, the guy who represents Triple G. So this was before when the Khan Canelo fight was just announced. I remember that Kel Brook said, oh, go and get me Brook. Uh, sorry, go and get me Golovkin. 
a lot of people weren't too sure if it was genuine, but they had some sort of talks, and it seems like they may have picked up where they left off. And uh, they've apparently, again, they've 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 offered him the same money to fight Brook as they were going to offer him to fight Chris Eubank Jr. But this is a real strange one because Chris Eubank Jr. now left in the dark. What does he do? Because he was just about to fight pound for pound one of the best fighters in the world in Gennady Golovkin. Now he's left with his British title. Is he now going to fight someone British level? Because I really don't want to see that. It's going to be very disappointing, to be honest, to see him fight anyone, unless it's Billy Joe Saunders in a rematch or probably Danny Jacobs. I can't see him taking either of those fights, to be honest, especially now that he's with Eddie Hearn promotionally. So I can't see him doing a deal with Frank Warren to fight Billy Joe Saunders in, in the next few fights or anything. But what do you think is next for for Chris Eubank Jr. Ayers, you know, do you reckon he's going to drop back down to British level yet again? I was reading an, an interview on Glenn McCurry, I think it was, yeah. And he said, you know, Martin Murray lost to uh, George Groves in his last fight. And he thinks that Martin Murray should uh, stick to boxing and move back down to middle middleweight. And if Chris Eubank Jr.'s fight didn't, don't, didn't happen, don't happen with Golovkin, which he previously said that in a couple of weeks ago, that Chris Eubank Jr. and Martin Murray would be a good British level fight. It'd be a good fight, that I, I think so, yeah. But the only thing is, he has just had a fight with George Groves, and of course, you know, he's it's going to take him a while to get back in shape and also get back down. So I don't think he'll be available for Chris Eubank Jr.'s next fight or anything like that. But I really, uh, I just, you know, to be totally honest, even though that is a good fight between Martin Murray and Chris Eubank Jr., both guys are definitely higher up than British level for sure. So. You know, there's not too much money in that fight at British level, but we'll wait and see what happens anyway. But the only thing I can say at the moment is, again, I, it's, you know, I'm very speechless with this fight, Kelbrook against Golovkin. Me, personally, I think that it's going to be, in terms of size, both guys are not going to be as, there's not going to be as much of a, uh, you know, a margin as people think in this fight. I really think that, both guys are not going to be too far away from each other in terms of, you know, the weight and stuff like that. I really don't think it's going to be like Amir Khan and Canelo. Amir Khan was in that fight, they say, around 155, 156. And Canelo, they're saying, was in there at about 180, 190. So, you know... I, I think there's there's not going to be that weight issue here, but let's have it right. You know, a lot of people say that Brook has a puncher's chance in this fight. Well, Kel Brook, who I'm a huge, huge fan of, and I know that you are as well, Ayaz, he's not the biggest of punchers at 147. Let's be honest. I know a lot of people say, oh, he's a big puncher at 147, but he's not, is he? He doesn't knock out everyone he faces. All right, he's knocked out Joe Jordan and, and Gavin and uh, Bizier as well, fair enough. But he's not actually a huge knockout artist, is he? You know, he's knocked a fair few out. But if he goes up two weight classes, how is he going to hang with Golovkin? Golovkin has fought a good few punches at middleweight, most notably probably David Lemieux. You know, he can crack, he can knock people out. He didn't trouble Golovkin whatsoever. So someone coming up from welterweight in Kelbrook, I really don't think he's going to be able to trouble Golovkin with his power. Um, technically, he's, he's of course, a, a very sound boxer, Brook. All round, his all round game is really good maybe even a little bit better than Golovkin's. I think Brooks' defence and the way he keeps himself compact and tight is better than Golovkin. But Golovkin, with his, he's got such a dominating um, offence that I just think he'll bust through anything Brook gives him. And he, he's got the, he's just crazy, isn't he? Golovkin's got the punch variety. He's just got everything. He's got the power. He can hit you anywhere and knock you out. And he will hit you in weird places. You know, those, those, that punch that can't remember who he landed on now. I think it was the Argentinian guy. And, you know, that one that he just, he threw like an overhand hook in, in the top of the guy's head and knocked him down. He's just, he's just a complete animal, Golovkin. So he's going to be a good fight. But do you give Brook any chance in this fight, Ayaz? I'll tell you one thing, yeah. Brook is a good technical boxer. So if he's going to, all he has to do is just jab and move. He has to keep, um, he has to jab and move around the ring, yeah. Boxer move him because with Golovkin he's got so much power. So if he caught, if he catches, if Golovkin catches Brook, Brook's all over. 
Yeah, it will be all over. But yeah, the you're right there. You know, he's got a, he's got a definitely definitely stick on that jab. But then again, Golovkin when he uses his jab, he's got a really good jab too. I'm not sure who's got the reach advantage. I think they're they're not too much in the height. I've even heard Brook might be a bit taller. I don't know if that's silly. I should really probably check that before I go and say it. But it'll be interesting anyway. But Brook has got to use his speed here. Because I don't think Golovkin is particularly very fast, but I think if Brook gets inside, lands a you know lands a few punches and gets out, if he if he sort of sticks it out, I think he'll have a bit of success. But how long for is the big question. But yeah, we're going to leave that piece of news there because I can talk about that all day and I'm sure that we will talk a lot more about it come September the 10th. So the next piece of news for us, Ayaz, please. Lee Haskins will defend his IBF World Bantamweight title against former champion Stuart Hill on the undercard of Kelbrook and Gennady Golovkin. Yeah, this is another good fight. This really is, um, of course, Lee Haskins, the IBF champ, and Stewie Hall. They both had a fight before, and Lee Haskins won that fight. And it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Of course, in that time, Stuart Hall went on to win a world title before Lee Haskins. It was quite strange. We had Lee Haskins on the show just before his last defense of his title, so and his first defense of his title, actually. So, yeah, no, it was... He, you know, that that's going to be a good fight, that fight. And Stuart Hall's really going to throw everything at it. But I think that Lee Haskins, if he sticks to his job, he can probably be victorious on the night. Any more news for us, Ayaz? Charlie Edwards will, will challenge John Real Casimiro for the IBF World Flyweight title on, the sa- on that same night. Yes, another good fight for the undercard. My good mate Charlie Edwards gets a world title shot. Do you know what? He kept it under wraps. I woke up on Monday and um, I just, that was it. I, I woke up out of bed. I had an email, looked on my emails, bang. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was still dreaming. And, you know, straight away I sent him a message and, you know, he's over the moon for this fight. And we'll get him on. We'll get him on the show next week. He's actually fighting this weekend. We'll talk about his fight in the preview part of the show. But he's actually fighting this weekend on Sky Sports. So everybody watch that because it's his last fight before his world title challenge. Of course, his opponent, the champion. It's not like it's a vacant title or anything like that. And and his opponent also pulled a big upset last fight so it's going to be a good fight for Charlie Edwards and of course Charlie Edwards this is going to be his ninth professional fight so from what I've heard it's actually he if he wins this fight he'll be the second quickest Brit you know that out of all the, the the British people that have won world titles he's going to do it the second quickest with nine fights I'm not sure who done it before that I think it might have been someone maybe got it in seven fights but it's amazing for him and as a friend of mine I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon for him any more news for us Ayaz? Dillian White will face heavyweight David Allen on July 30th yeah, that's again, that's a really good card. Dave Allen, actually, I think he made points that he wasn't going to take that fight because he didn't have enough time, but then he's gone and took it. So I don't know if the money's got to his head or something. I really, really hope I'm wrong there. But it's going to be, you know, it's a good fight for him anyway. And it'd be amazing if he comes and puts in a good performance and even perhaps beats Dillian White. Dillian White looked like he was in a lot better shape last fight. But as I said, it was a bit of a bore fest. So Dillian White now, you know he's fought a couple times now like he's going to be it's going to be yeah within the space of about 35 days he's had he's going to have had two fights so will that take its toll on the fight night we'll have to wait and see but all the best to both guys there is there any more news Ayaz? nope that's it Okay, that's it. Now it brings us to that other segment in this show that we've adopted recently where we talk about the most strangest names. So last week, the most strangest name was a guy called Aram Amir Khanian. Now, we said about this because his name actually says Amir Khan in his in his last name. And he was going into his fight against Alexei Kulikov, who had a record of three wins, seven losses and two draws. It was a super welterweight bout over eight rounds. I'm pleased to say that Amir Kanyan won the fight unanimously after eight rounds and he cruises to 5-0. and oh. As I said, he's actually supposed to be a good fighter. So it'd be interesting if Amir Kanyan actually ends up a, you know, a big name in the future because you can, you can tell everybody where you heard his name because I know that no one heard his name. Well, no one heard his full name. They only heard the Amir Khan bit. 
before the Box Hard podcast talked about it. And also the fighter from this week to look out for. And we're going to be talking about their fight. There's a lot of crazy names. I've got to say so, Ayaz, to be honest. There is a lot of crazy names that I stumbled across this week. Um, the first one I'm going to give to you, because I'm we're, I'm going to read them all out, Ayaz. And whatever one you pick, that's going to be the craziest name. So there's a guy fighting over in Japan. His name is Spice Matsushita. Okay, there's another guy fighting in Argentina. His name is German Argentino Benitez. Okay, he's 16 and 0. And the other one, Ayaz, especially if you're a big football fan or, or even more importantly, a big Manchester United fan, there's actually a fighter called Matteo Darmian, who, of course, is a defender, an Italian defender that plays for Man United. So his name is Matteo Darmian Veron. So people that know their football will remember another Manchester United player called Juan Sebastian Verón, an Argentine, an Argentinian player. So he's actually got two Manchester United names in his name there. So Ayaz, I'm going to leave it down to you. Are you going with Matteo Damian Verón, the guy who basically is two guys who used to play for Manchester United? Are you going with German Argentino Benitez or are you going with Spice Matsushita? What's his name? The Juan Sebastian. Yeah, no, his name is Matteo Damian Veron. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go for that guy. Okay, you're going to go for that guy. Now, that guy probably has the most horrific record out of the lot, which makes it even funnier. And his record is 24 wins. He's got a winning record, 24 wins with seven knockouts and 17 losses with three draws. That's quite incredible, to be honest. And he's fighting this weekend against Stefan Hartel. Stefan Hartel, 10-0. and 0. So he's a bit of a, a German prospect. And that's happening at the Max Schmeling Hall over in Berlin. And that's actually the same card that Charlie Edwards will be fighting on this week, as I just mentioned before. But again, we're going to preview that card in the preview side of the show. So, as you've done the news. I've done the funny name segment. We've done the reviewing. I think it's now time to welcome our first guest. And of course, our first guest on this week's show is fighting on the weekend in a big fight. It's a bit of a grudge match. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Gary Corcoran. Gary, welcome to the show. Very good, Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, no, very good, very good. Okay, first things first, Gary. You're only a few days out now from undoubtedly the toughest fight of your career thus far. How are you feeling this close to the fight? And what, what will you be getting up to in the few remaining days before fight night? I just, I'll be just chilling out, just more relaxing because I had a hard eight-week camp. had a hard eight-week camp. And uh, yeah, just mostly just relaxing the last week, just chilling out, watching my weight and just make sure I'm nice and relaxed for the fight. And how are you feeling now? Of course, we're, we're only a few days away now. How do you feel, um, you know, from the inside sort of thing? I feel brilliant. I feel brilliant. ready to go. If it, if it was today, I'd fight him today, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I'm feeling brilliant. Ready to go. Can't wait for it. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Now, a lot of people that I've spoke to about this fight, a lot of people give give um, Liam Williams the you know the the favourite sort of thing, the favourite spot. Do you feel that you're hmm. being overlooked in this fight at all, Gary? Yeah, I, think, I really do think I've been overlooked overlooked in this fight because I've beat a lot of good fighters, a lot of good fighters. That Liam hasn't fought as good as fighters as me as I think he hasn't. And it shows on our records he hasn't fought as good as people as I fought. But I, I, I like that. They're overlooking me. I'm improving every time in the gym. Every fight I've fought, I've improved more and more under my new trainer. And yeah, I can't wait for it. Now, I know that there's a little bit of bad blood between you guys. It all got a little bit heated at the head-to-head. Where did all that stem from, Gary? Because I wasn't aware of anything. And then suddenly, warm it all kicked off. Yeah, yeah it, a, it was quite a while back. It weren't only the last. It started quite a few months ago. Started quite a few months ago, but and then it just led on from him calling me out on TV, and it just led out from there. So, do you see this yourself? Do you see this as a bit of a grudge match? And if so, does it spur you on a little bit more than usual because of that factor? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it is a grudge match, and uh, yeah, it spurs me on more to even beat him up. And uh, 
yeah, it's going to make me, it's going to bring the best out of me, definitely, 100% of it. Brilliant stuff. Now, of course, you've beaten two undefeated fighters in your last three fights. How confident are you that you'll be able to take another man's O come Saturday? Not only that, but also Liam Williams hasn't fought anyone that's unbeaten since turning pro. How much does your O mean to you? And do you think every every fighter that's that's trying to keep hold of their O, do you reckon that makes them a little added bit more dangerous? I know I've asked you about yeah. four questions in one there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it does. Yeah, hundred percent. It makes it because I don't want my old goal to go hurt this one more time anyway. You know what I mean? I don't want to lose more, so uh, I don't want to lose the Liam anyway. So yeah, it makes me it makes me fight harder for it. I want to fight whoever if whoever wants to try to take my old, he's gonna have to fight for it to make me yeah, lose it. Yeah, of course. And as I say, you've you've beaten two undefeated fighters. How confident are you that that you're gonna make it three undefeated fighters in four fights? Yeah, I'm very confident. I'm very confident uh, of beating because he, he threw me in with two unbeaten fighters and then he threw me in with a stiff opponent with Danny Butler. We fought a lot of good boys and he's knocked his last six or seven up before I fought him. So, uh, yeah, I'm look, I'm really, really looking forward to this fight because uh, I don't think he's uh, fought anyone as good as me. He thinks somebody, I won, him and his trainer think somebody, a one-way fighter. So I can't wait to the night. I can't wait to that night to fight. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're both sort of fighting. Um, you're both each other's best opponents to date, in in my honest opinion. Um, of course, yeah. one of your O has got to go. And, and of course, you know, the best man, the best man will win on the night. But I think you're both kind of at that same level. I think it's a bit unfair for people that are just writing you off sort of thing, because you've you have probably fought the better fighters, to be honest, looking at both your records on paper, you know. And as you say, your last yeah. fight, it was a good fight. You learned a lot in that fight. Yeah, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. I've fought first with Rick Goodens. I learned a lot of that fight. How, how it was fine all the time. That's, that's how I used to box first fight and then I fought Rich Skelter I boxed a bit more and then a third fight I was so relaxed I was so relaxed in that fight and it was so like I made it I made it comfortable for myself and if I do the same thing even a bit smarter a bit better I think I can make this a comfortable fight for myself absolutely absolutely now I wanted to ask you about a couple of other fights that are happening um you know, down the line. The first one I wanted to ask you about is took us all by absolute surprise this week. Kelbrook against Gennady Golovkin. What do you think about that fight? Yeah, I think I think it's a hard. I'll be honest. Brook, Brook, it's very hard. Brook, it's very hard. I sparred Brook. I was doing a lot of sparring for the uh, for the Danny Butler fight with him. Uh, few, I've been doing it for the last two camps. And I was sparring with him a lot, and. Well, I've been in eight rounds and that with him and that. So he's he's the heaviest hand that I've been hit. I've been hit with some super middleweights and all that. And he hits, he hits hard in the super middleweights I've been sparring. So, and he's quite big as well. And all I mean, he's naturally big. He's a big man. So I think it's going to be a good fight. I really do think it's going to be a good fight. He won't let, he won't let Kel Brook hit him. But if he lets him hit him, he'll hurt him. Brook will hurt him. Yeah, vice versa, I think, as well. It's uh, yeah, it really is going to yeah, be a good fight. Definitely. I mean, it's it's one of those fights when 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 Khan and Canelo got announced, it was like you know, yeah. people didn't know. I think this is going to be a lot closer than that fight was, definitely, especially in terms yeah. of size. I don't think there's going to be much of a size difference on the night either. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. Everyone expecting uh, Glovkin, everyone expecting to beat him, Glovkin to beat him. They'll have a big surprise. I think they'll have a big surprise. But, uh, yeah, I don't think there's much there's much hide in that. I don't think there will be much hide in that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a brilliant fight. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, we see Brooke win that fight. Also, I wanted to ask you about a fight in your division, um, Canelo against Liam Smith. That's that's kind of took us all by surprise as well. It's been a lot of good fights made lately. What do you think about that fight, Gary? Yeah, it's a, it's a good fight for Liam. I think it's a good fight for Liam Smith. He had to take a win. He could take it because the big fight in Las Vegas. With him, he has a world title, and he should he should he should uh, fight whoever's whoever is like in that the top in that way. You know what I mean? It's good for there's some big fights out there for him. Like the next level, who's he looking at after that? He's looking at the likes of if he ever, if Liam ever won that fight, he'd look he look at the fight he maybe go up the middle way and have a fight with. The other guys like the likes of 
like their name in the one box nation, like Ralph and Billy Joe and all them boys. Make a bit of money off it. Yeah, again, I really wish him the best. Now, the last thing I wanted to ask you before I let you go, Gary, of course, um, we've talked a lot about your fight here. I've asked you a lot of questions about it, but also yeah. on, on the card, you've got um, Jazza Dickens against Guillermo Rigondo. It's, it's crazy to think that Rigondo is actually coming over to Britain to fight finally. Um, yeah. How much will it mean to yourself... Of course, you're going over to Wales for your for your first fight in Wales, obviously. But just to be part of that whole card, because it's really turned into a seriously good card of boxing. Yeah, it's going to be that's going to be a brilliant fight because uh, he's won the pound for pound best uh, uh, the Cuban, and uh, yeah, I think it's it's, a, it's it'll be very hard for Dixon because you might hit him once, but he doesn't get hit again. He doesn't get hit again, and he's uh, he's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable fighter. I just. I like to see Dixon beaten, but it's a big ass, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, we all know that, but it would be great if he can. Okay, listen, yeah. Gary, I appreciate you giving us a bit of time this close to fight night, my friend, and um, I wish you the, the utmost best luck in this fight, and hopefully we'll speak to you again down the line, and you'll still be you still keep your O that, that I know that you, you desperately want to keep. Yeah, cheers, mate. Nice one. I will be, I will be keeping that O. <laughs> Excellent stuff. All right, Gary. Speak soon. No problem, man. Okay, no problem, right? Cheers. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show, the preview part. There's quite a bit to preview, and it feels good again because there's been not much on the last couple of weeks, and we've just had to whiz through it. Well, we've done a lot of talking, to be honest, but now we're going to be talking boxing. So we're going to start over in Germany at the Max Schmeling Hall over in Berlin. Tyrone Zuge is challenging for the WBA World Super Middleweight title. Tyrone Zuge, 18-0. He faces the champion Giovanni De Carolis. Now, this is, you know, he's viewed as one of the, you know, probably the weakest champion at super middleweight. So Giovanni De Carolis, 24-6. and six. Tyrone Zuge, 18-0. Tyrone Zuge is the favourite to win this fight. So it may be the end of Giovanni De Carolis's a very small reign of champion, but all the best to him, all the best to him. Also on that bill, Arthur Abraham. It's good to see him back in action for what's going to be his 50th professional fight. He faces Tim Robin Lu Hyag. Now Lu Hyag, 15 and 1. Arthur Abraham, 44 and 5. This is for the vacant WBO International Super Middleweight title. Arthur Abraham, we know he's obviously over the hill. He's past his best, but he's still a good fighter and he will beat a lot of those contenders. He really will. So Arthur Abraham, of course, he lost his title to Gilberto Ramirez, who we know is probably the best at at uh, Super Middle at the moment. So, um I want to see him get back in the picture after Abraham. I think he's definitely good enough to beat some of the other champions. And yeah, I'm excited to see him back in the ring, to, to be totally honest. It's quite a decent little card over there in Germany. And um, this one, I'm not sure how much of it's going to be shown on Sky Sports, but I hope they show a little bit of it. This card, of course, will be on Sky Sports on Saturday night. Also on that bill, we mentioned it in part one, the crazy name fight. Stefan Hartel, 10-0, faces Matteo Damian Varon, 24-17-3. I'm not sure how many rounds it's scheduled for. It doesn't say, but we're going to definitely let you know of the result next week and also on this card my good friend Charlie Edwards 7 and 0 at the moment his opponent yet to be announced but he's going to win this fight and he's going to be 8 and 0 and then he's going to be going into his ninth fight which will be for the IBF world flyweight title so all the best to Charlie on the weekend and um, we're going to have him on the show next week for sure. Also on the bill, Anthony Agogo on this one as well. Of course, he's got that little affiliation or a big affiliation. I'm not really sure what's going on with the promotional side of Anthony Agogo's career. I think he's with the Sauerland still. So I think this is a Sauerland show. So he's, his record at the moment, Anthony Agogo, 10-0, his opponent yet to be announced. That's it for Germany. We're now going to go over to a card that Frank Warren is having in India. Um, top of the bill, Vijinda Singh, 6-0. He faces Kerry Hope. 
with a record of 23 wins and seven losses. A lot more experience professionally for Kerry Hope here. Five times the fights that Vigenda Singer's had, and this is for the vacant WBO Asia Pacific Super Middleweight title. All the best to Vigenda Singer, as I know that you're very excited to see what he's going to turn out to be. And that's it for India. We're now going to go over to Tolworth Recreation Centre in London. A couple of fights I wanted to mention on this bill. Danny Cassius Connor, 15 and 9 with the two draws. He faces Daniel Bazo, three wins, eight losses, and two draws. This is a six rounder in the super lightweight division. All the best to Danny Cassius Connor, real good friend of Charlie Edwards, actually. He's a nice boy, he is. And also, undefeated heavyweight prospect Nick Webb. We had him on the show before, of course. He's in his seventh pro contest. He, at the moment, 6 and 0. Oh. He faces Thomas Mazek. Now, Thomas Mazrek, um, you know, he's, he's a bit of a journeyman, but he's a tough, tough guy. His record, 10 wins, 55 losses and six draws. This is only a four-rounder. Nick Webb, you know, he's got a bit of a reputation for knocking him out early, and it'd be impressive if he gets an early stoppage over Mazrek. Mazrek's been in there with the likes of Tyson Fury, Eddie Chambers. I think even Huey Fury might have fought him as well. I'm not too sure on that, actually, but, you know... He's been around the block and he's one of those guys to get the prospects in with. And if they can get him out of there, then it's a good win for them. That's it for that one. We're now going to go over to York Hall, Bethnal Green. Woody Camacho, 15-5. and five. He faces Danny Cousins, seven wins, nine losses and two draws. This is for the Southern Area Cruiserweight title. Also on that bill, Luke the Duke Watkins, 8-0 at the moment, going into his fight at Cruiserweight. is a six-rounder against Dmitry Kalinovsky. Nine wins, 22 losses and two draws. Of course, Luke the Duke Watkins looked after by Paddy Fitzpatrick. Also on that bill, another fighter looked after by Paddy Fitzpatrick, Sam Sniper Smith. He at the moment is 2-0. He looks to move to 3-0. He faces David Sipos. Six wins and seven losses. But that's it for York Hall. We're now going to go over to the Ice Arena in Wales, Cardiff. We spoke to him earlier on in the show, and I've got to say he was supremely confident. He didn't care about being the underdog. He didn't care about the fact he was being looked over. He actually liked it. And I've got to say, after speaking to him, I'm not too sure about this fight now. He seemed so confident. He just sounded like a man who wasn't going to be denied, in my opinion. But anyway, top of the bill, Liam Williams, 14-0 and with the one draw, takes on Gary Corcoran, 15-0. and So both guys had 15 fights. Both guys haven't lost. Somebody's O has got to go. It's for the British and Commonwealth Super Welterweight titles, the 154 titles, and the winner will go on to a big fight, I'd imagine, here. So best of luck to both guys. Made a best man win. Also on that bill, Terry Flanagan, the WBO World Lightweight Champion. He faces Monzunk Fana. I'm not sure if I've got the pronunciation right. Terry Flanagan, 30-0. and 0. Fana, 38-9. and 9. Fana, of course, former world champion himself. A lot of people criticising this fight. I know that Fana hasn't had a decent win for a few years. Terry Flanagan, I think he's just going to go in there and wipe the floor with him. That's the, that's, the, you know, that's the easiest and quickest way to put it, to be honest. But we hope that Terry Flanagan gets a big fight after this because, of course, everybody's comparing him to Anthony Crawler and Anthony Crawler back to back is fighting top top opposition and we need to see that from Terry Flanagan also on that bill pound for pound definitely in the top two or three Guillermo Rigondo 16 and 0 he's defending his WBA super world super bantamweight title against Jazza Dickens Jazza Dickens 22 and 1 that one loss coming to Kid Galahad it's a huge fight, isn't it? You know, it's it's brilliant that the main thing is it's brilliant to see Rigondo showcase his skills over in Britain. It really, really is. There were problems with his visa and he couldn't fight before when he was scheduled to fight. But this fight is definitely taking place. He's arrived here already and he was at the open workout, I believe, earlier on in the week. And, you know, he's he looks like he's in good form here. But Jazza Dickens, he really believes in himself, and so he should. We've had him on the show before, a real nice guy. And it would be amazing if somehow he won this fight. But it's a huge, huge, huge ask. It may even be one of the biggest wins in a British ring, to be honest, if he was to be able to pull that one off. Also on the bill... Tommy Langford, 16 and 0. He faces Ronnie Gable, 21, 5 and 1 for the WBO Intercontinental Middleweight title. 
Also on the bill, another good friend of mine, Bradley Skeet, 23 and 1. He's one loss coming to Frankie Gavin. He puts his WBO European welterweight title on the line against Alexander Lapelle. 19 wins, 6 losses, and 1 draw. This is going to be a good fight for Bradley. I'm pleased that he was able to to keep his, his European title, even though in his last fight it wasn't on the line. I thought he had to vacate it, but it seems like he didn't. So he's managed to keep that. And of course, um, he come, he's coming off a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant performance over Sam Eggington. He looked, he looked unbelievable in that fight. And we're going to be speaking to him on next week's show as well, Bradley Skeet. So a little heads up, Bradley Skeet and Charlie Edwards will be on next week's show amongst one or two others. We might even get you four guests on next week's show. We'll have to wait and see. But, um, this this show here, to be honest, I has it's um it's got a lot of guys that we've had on the show. It's got Gary Corcoran, we've had him on earlier, Jazza Dickens, Tommy Langford, Bradley Ski, all those guys have been on our show. Also on this bill, Gary Buckland, thirty wins and seven losses. He actually retired, but this is his you know, he's coming back to fight again and he faces Matty Fagan, eight and one, eight rounds in the lightweight division. Gary Buckland back in the ring and we know that he comes to fight and uh, he's a good fighter. So it'd be interesting to have him back in the mix. Um, I never thought he was actually going to retire. It just seemed, he seemed to go too quietly, but he's back now and we're going to see what that little timeout has done. Also on the bill, Jamie Conlon, 16 and 0, arguably in one of the best fights in in a few years, definitely in a British ring for sure. Jamie Conlon in his last fight against Anthony Nelson. What a fight that was. Jamie Conlon, 16-0. Patrick Bartos, 7-9. and nine. It's an eight-rounder in the super flyweight division. I know that Jamie Conlon's been doing a lot of work out in the MGM Marbella. And of course, he's a good fighter. That's it for the UK. We're now going to go over to... Birmingham, and I mean, sorry, I shouldn't say Birmingham, Birmingham over in Alabama, USA, top of the bill, Deontay Wilder, 36-0, and 0, puts his WBC World Heavyweight title on the line against Chris Ariola, 36-4 and 4 with the one draw. Ayaz, talk to me about this fight. I reckon Deontay Wilder's going to knock him out, that's all I'm saying about that fight. Yeah, you know what? I ain't really got too much more to add to that. I think um, you've hit the nail on the head there. Deontay Wilder, he's, you know, he's in the prime of his life, really. His last few performances have been pretty good, apart from that one against Spilker, where I think Spilker actually exposed him a little bit until he got knocked out. I think he was winning that fight, or it was definitely pretty close. Chris Ariola, well over the hill. He's going to, you know, his, his last fight, he it, it turned out to be a no and no contest because he got he got caught um with with drugs in his system it turned out to be marijuana he was smoking marijuana through camp i just don't really know where he's I don't really know where his head is, to be honest, most of the time. He's a bit of a nutcase, but he turns up to fight for the first few rounds and then he gets absolutely gassed to to high heavens. And, um, and yeah, we're going to see him probably get knocked out. What round are you going to go for then, Ayaz, if we, if we do the predictions again? I know that neither of us could cash in on the... Sergei Kovalev, you know, none of us said it was going to be points. We both said knockout. So what are we going to go for here? What, what are you thinking about this uh, Ariola-Wilder fight? What round do you want to pick for, for Wilder to stop him? I want to go for round five. All right, I'm going to go for round four. I'm going to go for round four. So if it's if it's under four rounds, I've got it. If it's over, if it's five rounds or over, then you've got it. And um, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll definitely have a little look at, on that one. I think that Deontay Wilder stops him pretty easily. And I tell you what, if Chris Ariola comes and gives him a good fight, it really does give us some question marks for for Deontay Wilder. But I don't think he'd be overlooking him. Also on that bill. Really exciting welterweight prospect, Sammy Vasquez, 21-0 and 0 in a 10-rounder at welterweight, of course, against Felix Diaz, 17-1. and 1. This is actually going to be a real good fight. I think it's the best fight, the most evenly matched fight on the entire card. So I'm looking forward to that one. Also on that bill, Vic Darchinian, 42-8 and 8 with the one draw. He faces Enrique Cuavido, 16 wins, 
seven losses and one draw. It's a 10-rounder at super bantamweight. So it's got a few good fights on this bill, to be totally honest. You know, Vic Darchinian, good fighter. Also on that bill, and we're going to be speaking to him in a couple of moments, so I'm not going to talk too much about his fight. Gerald Washington, 17-0 and with the one draw. He faces... Ray Austin, Ray Austin, 29 wins, seven losses and four draws. Ray Austin, age 45 now, he's still mixing it. Um, To be honest, he hasn't had a good win in quite a while. I think it was nine years ago now that he fought for the the world titles against Vladimir Klitschko and lost that fight, of course. So he's in there against Gerald Washington, an upcoming and exciting prospect who just recently in his last fight got a win over my good friend Eddie Chambers. So it's going to be interesting that fight, but I think Gerald... Gerald Washington will probably knock him out. And Gerald Washington, as I say, a real nice gentleman himself. I really do wish him the absolute best. Real nice guy. But like I say, we'll be talking to him in about two minutes time. So we're going to leave it up to him. Okay, that's it for Birmingham. We're now going to go over to California. Just one fight I want to mention over there. It's the last fight to mention of this part of the show. Andy Ruiz Jr., 27-0. and 0. He's in a 10-rounder at heavyweight against Josh Gormley, 20 and four. Andy Ruiz Jr., man, he's he's gonna probably win this fight and he's gonna move to 28 and 0. And we just haven't seen him in there with anyone. Everybody, and I tell you who as well, you know, there's a lot of people that that know a shed load about boxing that you wouldn't even believe it. And and it was Isaac Chamberlain. I was talking to Isaac Chamberlain, he was saying, Do you know what? Andy Ruiz Jr. is such a good boxer. You know, Andy Ruiz Jr., they barely show him on TV. How does Isaac Chamberlain know about it? Isaac Chamberlain, believe me, he studies the game. He knows his stuff, and he believes in Andy Ruiz Jr. Now, I just want to see him in there in a big fight. If Isaac is right, then, you know, he should beat some of these top guys, and it just seems like he's going to end up being 30-0 by the end of the year, and he just hasn't fought anyone. They're really, you know, he's really got to take a note out of someone like Joshua's book here and fight someone notable at least. Joshua picked up the world title in his 16th bout, and we really need to see something here from from Andy Ruiz Jr. You know, I'm crying out for a step up here, and I can't wait because I really want to see if he really is what a lot of people think he is. But that's really it for the previewing on this week's show. There's one last thing to do before we end part two and finish the show, and it's, of course, to welcome our second guest. Okay, now it's time for our second guest on this week's show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the undefeated heavyweight prospect, Mr. Gerald Washington. Gerald, welcome back to the show. It's a pleasure to have you back on. Very much. Thank you for having me. No, no problem. Always my pleasure. Now, of course, you're fighting on Saturday. But before we get on to that, I just wanted to talk about the last time that you were out against Eddie Chambers. He was mm. no doubt your toughest test on paper going into the fight. I, st- I stayed up to watch it. Did you learn anything valuable in that fight, Gerald? Oh, definitely. I, I learned that I can, uh, you know, that, that I can let my hands go and, uh, you know, and I can, um, I, I was able to get my punch count up. And now, you know, I was able to experiment. Now I'm able to experiment with, uh, you know, mixing a little more power. But it was a, it was a different type of fight compared to my, my previous fight before with Amir Mansoor. I had Amir Mansoor coming at me head first. And Eddie Chambers was real tactical behind his behind his guard. He didn't open up too much. Uh, I saw that if I stayed busy, he was he was gonna he'd stay in there. And that, I just that was my game plan the whole time. Just stay busy, keep him at the end of my jab, and just uh just just went on points because he's not an easy guy to knock out because he doesn't really open up. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, you're fighting on Saturday against former world heavyweight title challenger Ray Austin. This will be your mm-hmm. second world title challenger in a row now. Um, what are you expecting from Ray Austin come Saturday night, Gerald? Oh, he's just a big boy, uh, big guy, 6'6", 260-something uh, pounds. Um, you know, the, the, I like fighting the big, tall guy, so it's going to be a good test for me to finally get in there with somebody that, that's big and uh, that's big and strong and just be able, for me to be able to show my athleticism and show everything that I've learned to this point. Um, every every time I step in the ring, it's, it's, it's been a great experience for me, a great learning process, and I'm able to add a little more to my game every time. So I'm just looking forward to see what I'll be able to learn from this guy and be able to take it to my next to my next fight, which will hopefully be a, a title shot sometime soon. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. It's another good name for your record. Now, of course, you're fighting on the undercard of Wilder versus Ariola. How do you see that fight playing out, Gerald? Because in my, in my personal opinion, I'm not too impressed with this fight. I don't think that that Ariola's really good enough to mix it with Wilder. But what do you think about it? Of course, you're 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 on that whole uh, card. 
Yeah, I'm a you know we're a lot of people are Ariola fans just because he he brings his whole heart. He he um you know he fights he fights very hard. He'll fight to the end and he'll he'll lay it all on the line. And um but but yeah he's gonna have a hard time getting in on 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 uh on Wilder. He's not you know he's gonna be taking eating a lot of the leather, taking a lot of punches, and it's just gonna be very difficult for him. Somebody that uh, in order to beat Wilder, you got to be you know about the same the same size you know have that athleticism to go with it you know have a good game plan he, he can uh, he can handle the pressure pretty good that's why i think he was going to be able to beat pavekin pretty easily uh, he was able to beat stavern like that and all the pressure fighters because he, he knows how to keep his range and he and he knows how to let his hands go yeah one thing that he's guaranteed is Ariola always comes to give it a go for the first one two three rounds definitely he kind of he goes into the fight swinging and um if if if, if deontay wilder can be smart and keep it long in those early rounds, especially. Mm. He's got to use his ring smarts to stay away from Ariola. And a lot of people, of course, well, they criticize um, Wilder for his ring smarts. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But of course, yeah. since we last spoke, Gerald, um, we spoke to you 20 weeks ago this week. We spoke mm-hmm. to you on show number 21. This is show number 41. Since we last spoke, Anthony Joshua defeated the undefeated American Charles Martin and took his IBF world title. We also bo- he also beat Dominic Brazil. I know that you count both of those guys as friends of yourself. What do you yes. make of their two performances and also Anthony Joshua's two performances? I, I think, uh, I mean, to give uh, Anthony Joshua all, all the credit in the world, you know, he's, he's been doing his thing. He stepped up to the challenges and, and he beat and took the guys out. Um, as far as their performances go, uh, I mean, hey, Charles Martin didn't get out the blocks. He didn't get to show, show too much at all. You know, Anthony Joshua got on him quick and uh, and Dominic Brazil, man, he just couldn't, he couldn't create any offense. Uh Anthony Joshua was able to stay away and land all his punches, man, and land some powerful shots and was able to get him out of there. So, um, but I look forward to stepping in the ring with, with uh, Anthony Joshua because because I, I I felt I have a, the perfect style for him. So you guys you guys you guys let him know, man. I'm coming for him. Yeah, I'll definitely be sure to let him know. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming for him, man, and I'm uh you know I'm getting I'm getting better better every time I step in the ring, and I'm I'm just looking forward to a matchup like that. You know, he said he's looking for another American to step in the ring with him for his next fight. Why not me? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You are getting better every fight. Now, a, a fight that's happened this week, I'm not sure if you pay too much attention to some of the lower weight divisions, but a fight that's definitely shocked everyone over this side of the water is Golovkin against Kell Brook. I think it's yeah. a bit of a crazy one. It just took everyone by surprise. Um, yeah. I mean, this fight's it's, it's a while away, this fight from happening but how do you see that one playing out and do you give Kelbrook credit for jumping up two weight categories to take on the monster oh, what is Golovkin I love it man I love it we're 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 big uh Kelbrook fans here in our gym man he's a solid fighter strong you know athletic guy that can uh you know when he beat um Sean Porter um that, that was a very impressive win for us you know he was able to, to keep uh handle the pressure and and just outbox him pretty good so we, we look forward to that uh, we are we all love Golovkin also but we all know that he gets hit let's see if this guy somebody with class and style can can uh can outsmart this guy and uh and, and touch him up a little bit yeah absolutely of course now finally Gerald my last question for you um I mean I asked you earlier what you expect from Ray Austin come Saturday night I just wanted to to ask you what what should we expect from yourself on Saturday night I guess I just uh, I just discovered how big and strong I was. You know, I've been boxing off my back leg, and you know, I've I, I've been hearing complaint after complaint. You know, uh, people always uh, talking about, yeah, this guy's so big and strong. He looks like Hercules. Why is he boxing on his back leg? Why is he not taking any chances? You know, I, I hear all this stuff, but people don't give me any credit for only having 14 amateur fights and and you know and and, and stepping in the ring with these top competitors in around the world. I'm like. I, I'm learning on the job, and people don't seem to understand it. They expect me to be uh, Lennox Lewis already, you know. And and I'm, you know, but I, I just take it as it is, you know. I just take it and work hard, and I'm getting better, and I'm and I'm ready. But I know I, I built my my style on the defensive uh, platform, you know. So I'm a very defensive fighter, but now I'm starting to add my offense. Now I'm starting to be a little more aggressive. Now I'm starting to take chances of letting my hands go. I'm um, I'm committing a little more, and it's 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 a uh, I'm seeing the difference in the gym, and I just look forward to doing that in the in the fight. Now, of course, we saw you out on the 30th of April. We're seeing you out now on the 16th of July. How many more times do you reckon you'll fight this year, ideally for yourself, Gerald? 
Um, I don't know. You know, I, I like staying busy. I like to fight every two to three months if possible. Uh, I had a couple of long layoffs in between, but th those are good layoffs for me. After the Mir Mansour fight, you know, I had to fight one right there. It was right there in my hands. It was just a matter of me drawing the line in the dirt and just, you know, just taking charge of the fight. I didn't do that, but I had to experience that because I, I never saw that before. I didn't see that in my training. I didn't see that in sparring before. I needed a man like that in front of me that was that was willing to do that. And, and to push me like that. And, and you know, I, and I'm grateful for that lesson that I, I learned from him. So now I'm able to add that to my thing. And I won't let anybody else ever, ever do that to me ever again. And, you know, it's, it's just uh, I, I like staying busy. I like staying busy. Uh, we're, we're on the we're on the path to, 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 to be world champions, you know, and just trying to put ourselves in position. Yeah. Now, that fight that you just mentioned there, actually, the, the Amir Mansour fight, of course, he came there. He came there on the night to fight. But that's a fight that, in my personal opinion, I thought you should have won. You know, I know it went down as a draw, but I think it was definitely one that, that, that you should have won, to be totally honest, on the night. Yeah, definitely. I feel that if you look at the fight, if you if you actually sit there and look at the fight, you count. You could count the, the punches that he landed on me. You know, it, it wasn't I don't know if he he hit me in the face. He didn't land any any punches of significance in the head, any head shots. He landed a couple of body shots. He landed that low blow, which like really did uh, it changed the the pace of the fight, you know, because I was in total control at that point. I was getting ready to take over, and he hit me with the low blow right as I heard him with the uppercut, and I knocked him back. And it was just like that. That was like that was all. That's all stuff that I have to take in my you know I have to take in and process. But um, you know, I'm ready for another. I'm, I was, I was ready. I was so ready for the uh, rematch. I was like, oh, I can't wait. You know, I was my mouth. You know, I, I had the taste for it in my mouth, and I was, I was ready to rock. Uh, I was gonna show everybody that you know the changes that I made, and he, and what better guy than the guy that I've already been in the ring with that I, that people are criticizing me about. I want to show them, I want to show them the differences that I made. Absolutely, Gerald. Now, listen, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. You know, a true, a true gentleman. I, for one, actually wish that it was you against Wilder this weekend rather than Ariola. I think you would definitely put up a better fight than he will, well, he will have, but we'll have to wait and see on the night. Listen, once again, like I say, thanks for giving us a bit of time this close to your fight, my brother, and we'll speak again in the future. Uh, thank you very much. I'll talk to you guys soon. Please, please. Uh... You know, I, I'm a big fan of Anthony Joshua, and I and I just uh, you just let let him know, man, let him know for me, man, that, that uh, I can't I can't wait to, to 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 do that, man. He he has more power than I have as far as uh, calling calling the shots right now. So if if you guys could make that happen for me, man, I'd appreciate it. Excellent. I'll pass on the message. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, now it's time to conclude episode 41 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'd like to thank the two guests that come on this week's show, Big Gerald Washington, real nice gentleman, and we've got to pass on his message to Anthony Joshua. We have to. He reminded us about five times during the call and also a big thank you to Gary Corcoran and the best of luck for Saturday night to both guys to be honest I'd like to thank Ayaz Sumra of course always on this week's show every single week he's on the show and he gives us the best news in the boxing world I'd like to thank the listeners for making this show exactly what it is we'll be back next week with another big show as always I've already said about the two guests that's coming on Charlie Edwards and Bradley Skeet hopefully we get another one or two we throw them in the mix as well so from myself and I as take good care and we'll see you next week <laughs>